Welcome to A Great Light, the radio ministry of Pastor Larry Sterling, East Point Church of God. We invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. Matthew chapter 5. The Bible says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And the title of this message today is called Jesus Sees. Jesus Sees. He sees where you are. The Bible says the spirit of Antichrist, all the way back in the first John, in the days of John, the spirit of Antichrist was around the world and is in the world. And we are in an atmosphere today where, where Antichrist, that Antichrist spirit has, has surrounded this, this place, has surrounded all the way. And what does that mean? What is, what is purpose is that? Is that there is coming a day when the church was one day is going to rise. There's coming a day, we just sang about it just a little while ago. There's coming a moment when we will see the king. And the world has to do two things. The world has to have a revival, but it also has to have a great falling away. There has to be persecution, while at the same time there are, there's revival that sweeps the land. But if, I want to I want to read to you. This comes from uh, different uh, family research council out of Washington D.C. And many of their facts have come from the Christianity Today and the Open Door Ministry. And I want you to hear the persecution. Uh, the, the, these facts are very difficult to understand. They're difficult to hear. But I, I feel as if in America, many times, because we live in such a wonderfully blessed country, that we don't understand what's actually happening outside of this land, this beautiful land we have. But here is here as it states from Family Research Council and Tony Perkins and others. It says, Christians are the most persecuted religious group in the world. Christianity today claimed that more believers have died for their faith in Christ during the 20th century alone than the all 19 previous centuries since the founding of the church. Let's think on that for a moment. And in the 21st century, we are seeing even more. Persecution against Christians is taking place at alarming proportions in countries around the world. Open Doors USA reports that at least 100 million Christians are being persecuted for their faith worldwide and that each month 322 Christians are killed or martyred for their faith. 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed each month. 772 forms of violence are committed against Christians such such as beatings, abductions, rapes, arrests, forced marriages, etc. In fact, Open Doors Ministry claims that 2015 was the worst year in modern history for Christian persecution. We have witnessed advance of ISIS in Iraq and Syria, displacing and persecution, persecuting Christians who would never convert to Islam, making and they marked their homes with the Arabic letter N for Nazarene. 
If you have a, in your bulletin, there should be an insert. If there isn't, you can, uh, you, we can get it at the end of service, but it should be uh, in your bulletin. You can see a picture of that letter N. It means Nazarene. Iraq's Christian community, one of the oldest in the world, has nearly disappeared. If you didn't know it, Iraq was full of old Christians. In the last year, more, last several years rather, more than 140,000 Christians have fled for their lives in Iraq. Those who have stayed have been tortured, raped, murdered. And in Syria alone, we've heard about the Muslims leaving, but in Syria, 700,000 Christians have been forcibly moved from their homes. And their persecutors have tortured and even crucified those who have resisted. A year ago, all of us saw the images of ISIS and terrorists as they began beheading those in Ethiopian countries, the 21 the first time, 30 the second time, on the beach of Libya. If you remember watching those, 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 those brothers and sisters of ours that paid the ultimate cry, price as they gave their lives to follow Jesus Christ. In Sudan, they're, they're trying to impose the Muslim religion on all of its citizens. Some two million have died. Two million have died because of their Christian faith, most because of their Christian faith. Children, uh, Christian children have been sold into slavery and many into prostitution. Two reporters bought six girls for the price of two cows. In Saudi Arabia, they have zero protection for Christians, and citizens are paid a bounty of $3,000 for exposing a home Bible study. In Pakistan, Speaking against Muhammad and for Christ is punishable by death. In fact, a Christian husband and his pregnant life were buried alive, burned alive rather, in a mob of 1,200 people at a local mosque. And they stoked allegations of blasphemy against them. This past Easter weekend, a group of Christians gathered at an amusement park in Lahore, Pakistan. And they were victims of bombings when they came to worship Jesus. Our church was full. People gave their lives that day as they worshiped Christ. The blast poured through the park, and 69 people, women and mostly women and children, were martyred for their faith, and 350 were injured in this persecution. The explosives were detonated by a suicide bomber next to the park where people had worshiped the risen Christ. They specifically targeted Christians. But persecution is not just intense in Muslim nations. In North Korea, you can be executed for owning a Bible. If you own a Bible in North Korea, you can be executed. Between 50 and 70,000 Christians are currently brutalized in prison camps in North Korea. 50 to 70,000 Christians. In, in this communist dictatorship. In Nigeria, thousands of Christians were killed and hundreds of churches attacked in 2015. 
In India, the Hindu nationalists have reported repeatedly attacked Christians, and one has said their group's aim was to ensure that Islam and Christianity uh, ceased to exist in India. Christianity ceased to exist in India. In China, their policy and their goal is to wipe out every underground church in existence. Christians in China who are caught participating in their faith are beaten, tortured with cattle prods and electric drills. Many of them are sent off to labor camps, are killed. This is the state of the church around the world today. We live in an atmosphere of relative peace in America. But I'm telling you, the same spirit of Antichrist that is around the world right now is in this country except attacking us in very different ways. And you need to understand that we are at a cusp of, of, of the return of Christ. It's not just about America. It's about everywhere around the world, people are dying on a regular basis for Jesus, and they're not willing to turn to the left or to the right. And the, the problem in America is that very much largely the church is lulled to sleep. They're lulled to sleep in a, in a complacency that they, they don't realize that, that, that really they, how blessed they really are. I mean, it's difficult. Listen, if this church right now, this building was over in China and they had the ability to come to church, they would be filled with people wrapped around this place with the ability to come to the house of God. We would have to have service after service just to reach the people that wanted to come freely worship God. I've seen videos where they have smuggled Bibles into China and they begin to just weep because for the first time in their lives, they, they're holding the pages of the Word of God in their hand and they're weeping and crying and we have Bibles on the bookshelves around us that we haven't opened for two years. The persecution around us is great and significant and the, the, the horrific thing about us and about that surrounding, I'm not trying to hit you or trying to guilt you or anything like that. I want you to recognize today that Jesus has a plan for this land, this country, this great land that we are in today. Jesus has a purpose for where we are in this, this, this beautiful country that we call America today. But the enemy has gotten so sophisticated that he has lulled the people of God to sleep. And we are asleep in this world. We are asleep around us. We are asleep at the wheel, so to speak. Praise God. Brother Scott, will you check the thermostats? It's about 30 in here. I'm, my hand is going to break off holding this microphone. Thank you, brother. Some of y'all are like, man, it feels good. The rest of y'all are blankets. Anyway, Eddie, it looks like you're the one that's feeling good. That's why I looked your way. You're like, man, this feels nice. Back to where I am. We live in this place, this beautiful country of ours, with freedom that God has blessed us. We should not take this freedom lightly. We should not take this land lightly. We should thank 
God every day that we live in America. We should thank God every day that we were born in the land of the free. We should thank God every day of the blessings that we are, that we have been given. And we should thank God for all the many benefits that he has given to us. But I want you to hear something very important. And, I, and I'm not speaking against our land. What I'm telling you is to whom much has been given, much is required. We have been given benefits and blessings that the majority of the world will never see. And they will give their lives for Christ. And they will give their, their, their land for Christ. They'll give their, of themselves for Christ. But you have to hear your pastor today. And I want to bring this down into your realm and where you are today. Jesus sees not only them, but he sees us. He sees their pain. He sees their trial. And let me tell you, you're human. You have pain and you have trials. And Jesus sees that as well. He sees where you are. Yes, we may not have the issues around the world, but he sees where we are. And he's just as concerned about us as he is over there. But hear me today. I want to tell you a story about Jesus and his ability to see. And I want you to look at something in Scripture that, that is powerful, that when the Holy Spirit revealed this to me and showed me, I want you to hear what the, that God, it doesn't matter. Jesus said that even a sparrow, he sees them. It doesn't. He numbers the number of hairs upon your head. He knows the lilies of the valley and clothes them. He knows everything. He sees it all. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus chapter, chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1. Exodus, a story of the Jewish people. Joseph had saved Egypt. He had came with the vision. He had came with the announcement that a famine was coming. Pharaoh believed the word of God. And because Pharaoh believed a man of God, his nation was spared. And there's a whole other Bible story in there. But as, as, as it goes on, as the process goes on, Joseph and his family settled in Egypt. They stayed in a land where it was not their home. And because they were living in a land that was not their home, they were around people that did not belong to them, but they stayed amongst themselves, but they began to grow, and they began to get stronger, and the Egyptians began to be afraid that these people were going to take over. And so the Bible tells us that they enslaved them. Verse 10 says, Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And in an event of a war, they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. And so they enslaved these people. You see, what happened is they realized that there was a blessing within people because the God was walking beside them. And they were, they were captured and they were enslaved because they realized that, that with them they were blessed and they were afraid that they were going to overtake and overcome their land and overcome their, their nation. And so they turned against those same people and enslaved them. I'm telling you, it's a parallel to where we find ourselves in the United States. This land was built and prospered because Christian people got together a long time ago, long before you even read about it in history, but you, they, they, they kind of edit that part out. But I want you to go home. 
home today, and I want you to Google something called the Mayflower Compact, and I want you to read why people came to this land of ours and the covenant they made with God that would God would cover them and be beside them, and that compact that they went through, and God blessed those pilgrims and blessed them because they were pushed out of England, and they came to a land where they could worship their God in freedom and peace. So if you read that and understand what I'm talking about, this country of ours was based upon the idea and built around the principles that Scripture teaches us about about life and about liberty and about all the things that God has revealed in us and for us that the Scripture has showed us and has blessed us. And so our founding fathers of this land have have brought this atmosphere into our country and to our government. But now, now that we are blessed and now that we are living and now that we are around this place, they are turning upon the people that founded us and turning upon us and calling us hate groups. Persecution is going rapid, growing rapidly and they're moving into areas and moving into churches and moving into things trying to limit the message of Christ. And trying to stop the free flow of the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. It's there, the parallel again. But let's keep going on. It got worse. So what happened is that Pharaoh told the midwives, we want to kill their children. What does God do? God rewards these midwives because they disobeyed Pharaoh. What is the enemy doing right now? He's invaded our schools trying to kill our children before we ever get them. And there are a few people that rise up and say, I'm going to speak the truth and speak life. But let's move on. I'm not trying to be political here. I'm trying to tell you the enemy's ways are not hard to figure out. And so these midwives were faithful, and they did not want to disobey God. And so they, they, they made up a lie, and they said something about how the strong women were, the Hebrew women were strong. In verse 19, they're, they're not unlike these Egypt women. They, they just give birth, and they just get up and take the wash and go on home. These strong women. And so therefore, God dealt well with the midwives. The Bible says in verse 20, multiply and grew very mightily. And Pharaoh... Verse 22, frustrated, he says this, he commanded all of his people. How many's all? All of them. He commanded all of his people. And he said, every son who is born you, you shall, sorry, every son who is born, speaking of Hebrews, you shall, you shall cast into the river. Every son who is born, you should throw it into the river. And every daughter, you shall save alive. Every son. So that means the citizenry of the Egyptians, if they saw a son born, they would take that baby and they would walk over to the Nile and they would throw it in the river. Hear me today. 
They would take that child and they would throw it in the river. When the enemy wants to set up not only an attack against the land, an attack against the nation, an attack against the people, he attacks the men. And he attacks the sons. And he gets them confused and he gets them thinking things that are not natural and understanding of life. And he attacks them and goes after them and tries to destroy the men. Oh, come on, y'all. And so when they, they are attacked, they, these, these young men that we are raising today, they don't understand what it means to, 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 to have the blessings that have been passed down. Because unless their parents are godly parents, many of these men, the, these young boys growing up, don't understand the, pro, the, the produce and the, and the blessings that comes with serving God. And even today, we, if a baby is born, irregardless of, of, of sex, the male or female, if it's inconvenient, we do away with it. And so Pharaoh commanded them, kill them all, all the sons. And so I want you to fast forward with me to Exodus 4. Moses, this is a great Great, great, grievous thing Pharaoh does. Moses, as he is, you know the story of him. In fact, he was cast into the river, but he was cast into the river on a, in, a, in a basket. Some of y'all need to trust God with your kids and put a basket of the word around them and let God carry them where he's going to take care of them because it doesn't matter if they might find themselves in Pharaoh's house. God's going to be talking to them and bringing them out. Listen, mm. I'm feeling a prophetic word coming to you today. You need to receive this. And God, God will care over them, and God walked beside Moses, even directing the current of the river to take the baby where it needed, he needed to go into Pharaoh's daughter's arms, and, and he was raised in the palace, and he was raised there, but he recognized who he was later in life, and he tried to take things into matters into his own hands, and it made things worse like many of us sometimes will do. And so when he, after taking things into his own hands, he killed the Egyptian, and then he had to run for his life. At the end of this journey, he finds himself married to a woman in a forest land a Midianite woman and now he is going to a going up a hill to tend sheep and there on the side of a mountain there is a bush that is burning and as he turns and he sees it he recognizes it's the very voice of God and there's something powerful about this bush and so chapter 3 speaks about the conversation that Moses has with this God, Jehovah, that he is going to be revealed, the great I am. And this conversation goes back and forth and back and forth. And finally, it becomes very clear to Moses that God has a plan and a purpose, and he's standing on holy ground, and he's only there because God has brought him there. He's only there because God has protected him. He's only there because God has surrounded him. And so he's recognizing that he has a mission. And his mission is the, the first step of this mission. Not only is it to talk to Pharaoh, he's also got to talk to his people. And his people have to believe that God sent Moses. Exodus chapter 4 verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me. Or listen to my voice. 
And suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said, a rod. And so let me, so he takes this rod and he casts it onto the ground and it turns into a snake. And then Moses takes off like any normal male. There's a snake. He's going to go find something to kill the snake with. He took off running. But God said, pick it up. So Moses went, obeyed God, took it by the tail, which is not the place you take a snake. So it was an act of faith. And it became a rod again. Moses put his hand into his garment, pulls his hand out, and it was leprosy. Returns it and pulls it out again. It's clean. It's whole. Now each one of those two are signs to tell the people something very important. You see, Moses said, if the people won't believe me, what do I do? He said, first take the rod. Second, put your hand in there. Now, Moses says, verse 8, sorry, the word of God says in verse 8, then it will be, God speaking, if they do not believe you, nor hear the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. And verse 9, and it shall be if they do not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, then you shall take the water from the river and pour it on the dry land. The water which you shall take from the river will become blood on the dry land. You see what he, you see the first sign. God says, if they don't believe that I'm God because you throw the snake on the ground, and I mean the rod on the ground, it becomes a snake. If they don't believe that, put your hand in your garment, pull it out, leprosy, pull it back in, pull it out, it's good. If they don't believe that, he said, this is what you do. Go down to the Nile because there's only one river that would be called the river. Go down to the Nile. Take a, a pot and take the water out of the Nile. And walk back to the, the gate where the people are and pour the water out on the ground. And when the water is poured onto the ground, it will turn to blood. And he said, then they'll know I sent you. What is God saying? I saw Pharaoh put every one of your baby boys in that river. I saw Pharaoh put all of your children in that river. I saw him murder them and destroy them, and they're not going to get away with it. And I have come down to make this right. You see, we serve a God who sees. We serve a God who sees where we are. You might think you're getting away with it, and the Egyptians may have forgotten about that horrendous act, but God didn't forget about it. God didn't forget about it. Entire generation was killed just simply because they were Hebrew. But God did not forget where those baby boys were. God knew that even though the, even though the river looked the same, and even though the world went on about its business, and even though the world doesn't didn't even recognize that it happened, God remembered it happened. And he said, take that river water, pour it into the ground, and when it turns to blood, they'll know that I said, 
sent you because when I see that water, I don't see water. I see blood. I see what they did to you. I see the pain that they caused you and inflicted upon your life. And I've come down to turn it around and to pull you out of there and take you away from all this trial and all this struggle and deliver you and with my wonder and my power and my might. Praise God. Some of you may feel like you've been abused, you've been neglected, you've, been, you've trusted in the Lord, and you feel like the enemy is coming against you, and you feel like no one sees you or hears you. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, repay no one for evil for evil, have regard for the good in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends upon you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay you see this is our this is our power this is our might you see the vengeance belongs to the Lord I've had people lie about me I've had people speak evil about me and man I wanted to defend myself and I wanted to come up but the Lord said you keep your mouth shut because I'm going to do more than you could ever do with your own mouth when you have abusers that are around you and your life and the, they, they persecute you and they they call you false names and they say evil things about you and say lies against your family and say lies against your house or do evil things against you I'm telling you pray for them because when God saw it he's not going to forget about it and if he needs to show himself just take the water out of the river one more time and he'll pour it over you and he'll wash you and with his blood one more time and reveal himself to you that he has not forgotten about your trial and he has not forgotten where you are and he has not forgotten who you are and he has a plan for you and a purpose for your life and do not give in to anger and vengeance let God because he's real good at parting the waters he's real good at keeping you all okay alone when you're by yourself he's real good at coming on the scene he's real good at healing your body and delivering your soul he's real good for arguing your case when no one else will take up your case he's good because he's God and you're his child and he loves you and he has plans for you and he saw you where you are again if somebody's hurt you if somebody is hurting you if you've been through persecution and you've been through pain and you've been through trials and you feel like no one sees it Jesus sees you've cried tears on your pillow at night and no one knows it Jesus sees when you when you feel as if the world is collapsing around you and you have nowhere to turn and the world calls you crazy and the world says you need to get over it I'm telling you Jesus sees Jesus sees Jesus sees been listening to a great light the radio ministry of pastor larry sterling and east point church of god we're located at 379 avenue a east point florida our service times are 11 a.m and 6 p.m on sundays and 7 p.m on wednesdays until next week let's join together to spread the light of christ